our Savior's birth. Tis the eve of our Savior's
Every person born in this world has a void in his heart that only Christ can fill. So many people seek to fill that void with possessions, people, power, and pleasure. It just won't work. None of these things can ever satisfy the human heart. We are empty without Christ. It is a personal decision to open the door of our hearts to Christ and invite him to come in. He will never force his way in, but patiently knocks at our heart's door. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger since there was no room for him in the inn. The question is this, is there room in your heart for Jesus? Won't you invite him to come in and be your Lord and Savior today? He will fill your life with joy, peace, love, and eternal life. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come make a place. 
Well, good morning. Let's give another round to the adult and the children's choir. It's a lot of work involved in that, isn't it? If you've been involved or if you've been taking your kids to practice and so forth, you know how much is involved in that. Awesome. Made me thinking of uh, some other Christmas carols that I've heard that the children have sung, not today, that there was no mistakes today, but other uh, carols that children have sung where they've got the words a little bit different from what they actually are. Some of those uh, favorites that we know. Uh, there's one time when the kids were singing in, in one choir, on the first day of Christmas, my tulip gave to me. Uh, another one, he's making a list, chicken and rice. Or another one is olive, the other reindeer. In the meadow, we can build a snowman, then pretend that he is sparse and brown. <laughs> You'll go down in Listerine. <laughs> oh, what fun it is to ride with one horse, soap and hay. <laughs> Good tidings we bring to you and your kid. So, you know, when I think about this time of year, um, as the choir sang, it is the most wonderful time of the year. But I also think of it in one sense that it is also at the same time the most misunderstood time of the year for so many folks. You know, the chorus on that, or the line on that song says, it's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And yet there was an article I read uh, last year, I believe, where it said that Christmas is the cause of depression for many. Because it is this time of year that some find incredibly difficult for a host of reasons. 
And I would suggest largely in part that they don't understand the significance of the season. Even in some of the cartoons that I grew up with as a, as a child and still am watching to this day, you can see that in some of the um, Christmas cartoons that come out at this time of year. One of them was the, the Grinch. He was depressed at Christmas. He tried, if you have seen the cartoon, everything he could do to ruin it for the Who's of Whoville. And despite taking their presents and decorations and food, what startled him was on Christmas morning, the people came out of their homes singing. And then there's that classic line that's in the, in the cartoon, whereas he, the narrator says, it came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And while the Grinch started to get the idea in that cartoon and in the remake that came out a few years ago, it doesn't quite get it, does it? Because what is that little bit more? Doesn't address the issue. But a classic Christmas cartoon, Charlie Brown certainly did. But if you remember that, he couldn't figure out Christmas either. And I always remember that one line after looking in the mailbox. With an absence of any Christmas cards for him, he says, I know nobody likes me, but why do we have to have a holiday that emphasizes it? <laughs> and of course, then in his desperation, he shouts out as he's now the director of the play, can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about? And of course, Linus gives the wonderful reading from Luke chapter 2, and I'd like to read that this morning, Luke chapter 2, just verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told. It's an amazing, amazing story, isn't it? The humility of God, of how this whole event occurred, that Christ, the Messiah, would come to this earth. If we were to think of it and have tried to draw up the plan as to how this Savior would come, we would have never in our wildest dreams been able to do as the scriptures have portrayed and predicted of how this would all happen all the way back from even the very first pages in Genesis. 
It's wonderful. Someone has said the Father's fondest thought took on flesh and bones. The Father's fondest thought took on flesh and bones. And many of us know here today, don't we really know this is the truth, that the greatest event in human history, it happened. And we have heard the choirs singing about it today, and we rejoice in it. Scripture tells us here in Luke chapter 2 and reminds us again this season, the Messiah had been born, had come to earth. One of my other favorite Christmas movies uh, that I know many of you like is It's a Wonderful Life. And of course, the story of George and the angel Clarence and how George is going through a lot of hardships and is starting to think maybe his life here on earth was really a waste. And he's contemplating jumping off that bridge. And of course, it's Clarence's job to restore him and save him from doing that. And it made me think, and I think you probably have heard the analogy before, just as the angel's trying to have George realize and go through, what would the town be like? What would have happened if he had never lived? If you were to contemplate, even for a short time this afternoon or for this coming next couple of weeks as we just ponder the Christmas season and and all the joy in it, what if Jesus had never lived? What would that mean to us? I suggest to many here in the room, we would be absolutely devastated. We would be absolutely, if we could somehow have knowledge of that reality, be absolutely brokenhearted. What difference would it make in our lives? What would our lives be like today? When you think of your life today, if you are a follower of Christ, if you were to just try in almost nightmarish, if you like, fashion, have to try and picture what it would be like with the void that we've just heard singing about if there was no Jesus, no Jesus to talk to, no Jesus to turn to, no Jesus to comfort you, no Jesus to give you hope, what would it be like? Well, if you were just to even just to touch this for just a couple minutes that we have together, there would be no carols. There wouldn't have been a choir singing today. There would be no song to sing. You know, when we listen to the music and, we get, and all the carols, there's some of them that are, are secular and they're, they're nice, and then there's some that are secular and they're absolutely crazy and silly. They don't mean anything. There's no substance whatsoever. It's complete froth on a number of them. And yet all the wonderful spiritual carols that address who Christ is, there wouldn't be any. Cindy and I are going this Friday night with another couple to see Handel's Messiah in the city. There would be no Handel's Messiah. No hallelujah chorus. There'd be no coit playing 24-hour Christmas music for the last, seems like, six months. There would be nothing like that. Isaiah the prophet would have been declared a false prophet. All the prophecies that he's had concerning this coming Messiah didn't happen. It wasn't true. He'd be a false prophet, probably stoned. Think of in your Bible. There'd be no Matthew, no Mark, no Luke, no John, no disciples, no Paul, no Peter, 
All the stories that we have read of the miracles and the healings, gone. Didn't happen. One couple's wedding, they ran out of wine, never to have any more again on that feast. All the significant things of what Jesus did wouldn't have happened if he had not been born in, as a man here on this earth. And as I alluded to, no friend, no friend, no savior, no hope. A year ago today, uh, my mother uh, passed into eternity. And as I was thinking about it, it was just a, an amazing thing to see her uh, quietly slip into eternity on December 11, 2010. But she had a hope because she had a savior. Scripture tells us in 1 Timothy that he has destroyed death. Isn't that wonderful? You're here today. If the Lord Jesus, and by the way, there'd be no rapture, no promise that he could come at any moment for us. But if he tarries, if he waits, and you or I physically pass away before we go up to heaven, if we know him, if he's our Lord and Savior, and as the choir sang, if we have received him into our hearts, and we have made room for him, we have acknowledged who he is, even though we will physically one day leave this planet, we immediately will be ushered into the next place. That place that Jesus says in John 14 that he's preparing for us, this mansion that he is uh, preparing for his followers. What a hope that is. That's why you can understand where the, uh, Paul said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I am kind of curious what's in these packages here. I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if there's anything in those. I wondered if, if how heavy it is. Or, and you know, you think of all the different gifts that we've received over the years. It's at the point now I can honestly say when my kids say to me, what, what uh, dad, would you like for Christmas? And it's a real blessing to be able to say this. I said, I don't, I don't know if I really need anything. That's the truth. Maybe if you want to get me a Starbucks card, that'll go to good use. I'll guarantee you that. But I'm very fortunate. I don't have a lot of need for any more possessions. Because the truth be told, a few years from now, I probably won't in my mind as I get older, even remember what the gift was. But I'll know that it was given in love. I may forget what it was. But I have not forgotten in my last 35 years of this gift of the Lord Jesus Christ that I received when I was 16 years old. And if you know him and you have received him and you're trusting in him, you know as well that even after all those months and over those years, it hasn't meant it's been just one absolute perfect ride without any difficulty, without any struggle, without any disappointment, without any discouragement, without any suffering. But we have known that through that process, we have had a friend who sticks closer than a brother with us. And he's been teaching us and leading us and guiding us through the hard times to mold us and make us more like himself. But you think about the fact that if we didn't have the Lord Jesus in our lives, how would we cope? How would we make it? You know, when you think you're going through the difficulties that you may have experienced with the, and so much of it for so many people with unemployment and loss of job or reduction of wages or sickness or discouragement uh, in its variety of forms, so many have to turn to so many other devices and ways to be comforted in that kind of fix. Many turn to alcohol. Many turn to drugs, whether legal or illegal, just to cope. 
Yet if we know the Lord Jesus Christ today, we know we have that one who sustains us, don't we? And that's why you can understand when Paul said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Faith Hill sang a song a couple of years ago that was just a gem. I was listening to it yesterday and I was listening to it this morning coming in called A Baby Changes Everything. Listen to it if you can on YouTube and just be fascinated with these words because at the end she says something very, or sings something very interesting. She says, uh, just the, really the story from Luke chapter 2, but then she says, my life has turned around. I once was lost, but now am found. A baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. Scripture invites us to seek the Lord while he may be found, to call on him while he is near. I wonder this morning or this afternoon as we close, is it time for you to call on him while he's near, while there's opportunity? As you know, in my job, and I've shared it many times, and I try and not tell too many war stories at the police department, but I am so, so aware of how quickly life departs, how fast it can change. Just in the last week, just in, in our radio room, we took, I think, 10 or 11 people who passed away, in some cases suddenly, in some cases over lengthy illnesses in their home, and so someone calls 911. One was a two-month-old baby, and then a 15-month-old child, and then a number of other people in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Reminds me all the time that there's no guarantee that we have another breath past here. And so if you are in a situation today and you're leaving and you go, I'm not really sure if I know this Savior that they've been singing about, that I have embraced him wholeheartedly, 100% into my life to be my Lord and King, then I would just encourage you, don't wait another day to do that. And for those of us who know him, we leave here today again just simply praising God, don't we? Rejoicing in God's wonderful gift of grace and giving us this wonderful God and King, our Savior. Let's give thanks. Lord, we just thank you for the joy that we have uh, in hearing this message again, that the choirs, the children, the adults have been singing and we've read in your word. We tell you again, Lord Jesus, that we love you. We, we love you that you humbled yourself by coming into this world and being born in a, in a stable. You grew up uh, as a teenager, and you were a wonderful carpenter. And then you went on to, to lead your people and be a, a marvelous uh, healer, a preacher, and we know your rightful place is king. I want to thank you as we were hearing as well how you died on a cross on our behalf, that you shed your blood so that we might have a relationship with you and your Father, and we want to give you thanks again for that. We know that one day, uh, whether it's tomorrow or another year or 10 or 20 years from now, we're going to see you face to face, and we're going to be with you forever. And so we just pray that this, this coming uh, Christmas season with the few week, more weeks we have, before we really celebrate that day we think of your birth, that we'll have opportunity and boldness to tell you about others. In a culture now where we can hardly say Merry Christmas, Lord, we want to talk about you, our Christ. 
with those who you might bring in our lives. And I do pray for anyone here today that might be pondering and thinking about you, that they might be willing to surrender to you as their Savior and God. Again, we thank you for all that we've heard this morning, for the wonderful time of encouragement in song. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. we thought were bad, negative, painful, unexplained, unnecessary. You know, we think like, why? If you look back, you will find why. When you look back and say, oh, I didn't understand back then why this happened. But I can trace it and see. Who can look back on life and see its intricate design, its strange and lovely tapestry of changeful hue and line? And looking thus can fail to find, in scenes of dull despair, how still some threads of brightened wind among the shadows there. Who can look back and fail to see when paths have grown most dark, most veiled in sober mystery, that still there's shown a spark, a spark that led him on and on, once more into the light? Who can deny God makes the dawn more fair because of night? God makes successful stories out of negative circumstances. God brings trials in order to bring the better end that we are promised. Like Job, he had a better end. His end was better than his beginning. God needs us to go through all the night and the dark trials for him to make a miracle and bring something out of those trials. So when you're going through circumstances, learn to be comfortable in them because Success is around the corner, and your end will be better than your beginning. Think of Mary. Think of what she had to go through, and think what a glorious end she had because God promised, promised that his plans for us are not to hurt us, not to damage us, not to mar us, but to bring us into prosperity. And he says, always remember, this is our favorite verse. I think this verse should be somewhere on the walls of this church. Uh, what Jeremiah says, because for I know the thoughts, I know the thoughts, he knows his thoughts, that I think toward you, says the Lord, the thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a prosperous end. You will have a prosperous end. All of us will, because God said so. And maybe to some of us, our prosperous end would be heaven. Still, that is a better ending, right? A better end than the beginning. So may God help us this Christmas to remember what Mary had to go through to bring forth Jesus into the world, and so should we. We should bring him into the world regardless of how our life is or how much pain we're in 
We have to present Jesus to the world and bring salvation to the eyes of the blind. Amen? Any comments? Yes. 